0: amen Amen. if you could open up your Bibles to Genesis chapter 1 Genesis chapter 1 once you're there if you could give me an amen and then I'll start from there and then you could put your eyes I guess we'll start in verse 27 start in verse 27 amen as I prepared for this message, I really don't have a title for it uh, or a catchy title, better said. So I said, Lord, what should I call this? And I couldn't think of anything. So what I did was I just kept it simple and what it is. So if I were to title this message, it's titled today, the word dominion is what it's titled. And I'm going to talk a little bit about dominion and what that looks like in a believer's life. In Genesis chapter 127, there's a verse there that started all this stuff. There's a verse there that has really been messing me up. I shared it with a couple people already from church throughout the weeks. uh, But it's something that has been stirring in my heart and that the Lord has been showing. Let's read it together. Verse 27. So God created man. He created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. I want you just to look at that real quick. As as we read verse 27, there's something that is obvious in that verse, and I think everyone could say it. There's a word that is repeated multiple times, and which is that word? It's the word created. And that's something that's been stirring in my heart. I want you to recognize there's an emphasis there on that word created. It's mentioned three times in this text. So, if it's mentioned three times in this text, it only means one thing. It means that God wants people to know that He is Creator. Amen? And that we, the inhabitants of this earth, are never Creator. That we never cease from being creation. We are a creation of our what? Creator. And as you really look at this text in Genesis chapter 1, verse 27, it's so obvious what God is doing here. And what God is doing is, and He's always done this, and it's that He wants us to see the relationship that He has always desired to have with us, with His creation. In the book of Genesis, from the beginning... The Lord has always shown what is man's purpose. Always has shown what's man's purpose. And when I say that, you're probably sitting here, and that is something that you might have asked at some point in your life, correct? Like, Lord, what is my purpose in life? How many of you have said that before? How many of you are probably saying that right now? What is my purpose in life? What is your will for me here today? I'm I'm sure some of you have have experienced that and have said that. Well, how about if I tell you today I'm going to unveil through the Scripture what God's purpose is for all of our lives in this room today. Watch this. We just read in <clears throat> chapter 1, verse 27, that God created man in his image. And in his image, he created him, male and female, he created them. Created, created, created. He's making sure that you know he is creator. But then, I'm going to jump back up to verse 26. If you could put your eyes there with me. Look what it says. It says, then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all of the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Okay, I want you to catch that verse. So I read this passage and I say, so as I read that, what is man's purpose on earth? Well, our purpose on earth as seen here in Genesis, if you read this properly, I don't know if you caught it. It is to have dominion over all that is on the earth. I don't know if you guys saw that. And we're going to break what that word dominion is and what it's all about. But if you keep reading verse 26, not only do we or are we to have dominion, but look what he says before he ever mentions the word dominion. Let us make man in our image, God says. According to what? Our likeness. So while we are having dominion over all of the earth, I want you to notice this. It is all done in His image and in His likeness. So it's us glorifying the Lord as we have dominion over all things. That right there, ladies and gentlemen is the purpose of mankind. Listen. The beginning of the Bible tells us what our purpose is. Have dominion. Have dominion over all things while glorifying me. I I mean, when we start breaking this down, you're going to see how important verses 26 and 27 in Genesis one How important they really are. So, what is this word dominion? And what does this word dominion really mean? Well, if you look in the dictionary, one of the phrases or one of the definitions would be this the power to rule or to have control over. But the one that I really want to focus on and mention as we get into the message is where we get this from dominion, we get this word, and you also find this, and it's the word domain. So the word dominion, the power to rule, the power to have control, to have domain. That's what dominion means. I see a lot of people taking notes. You're bringing joy to my heart today. You have no idea how much I'm smiling within my heart right now. So chapter 1 verse 26 says you're to have dominion. So we're called to have domain, this domain to have absolute ownership of things that God has given us. So I start to read verses 26 and 27. And then I notice that my dominion only comes from His authority. You should write that down. Listen what I'm about to say. It's not that we in ourselves have authority. How many of you have heard someone say, because I have authority to... And the authority has been given. And I'm going to show my authority. It's not that we have authority in ourselves. Listen, but the one who has all authority has granted on us to have dominion, to have domain over this earth in which we live in. So, so how are we doing with this, with this dominion that has been given to us with the authority of God? How have we've been doing with this? Well, as I started to study the scriptures and we unpack it today, I've recognized that we have not done so well with our domain as mankind. As his created beings, I don't think we've done well. I want you to think about that for a moment. Think about what happens sometime after the account of Genesis 1. Think about it. What happens? They were given dominion. Should we go back to the verse? He created them, he created them, he created them. And they were given dominions over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Over all the earth, and over everything that is on the earth. Hmm. Hmm. So what happens right after Genesis 1 and God says about this dominion? What, what happens? Does anyone know? Anyone want to shoot out? What happens sometime after? Sin? Huh? <laughs> messed it up? Who messed it up? Be careful how you answer that. You Blame it on the woman. You might get knocked out today. Man, man messed it up. Man, meaning male and female. But sometime right after Genesis 1, Adam and Eve, we see that they fall. Okay, let's just take our time with the text today. They fall. As they fall, yes, we could agree that they rebelled. They rebelled and they were disobedient. But notice what they fell to. Anyone remember? What they fall to? They fell to temptation from who? A serpent. Serpent. they fell because the serpent with cunning words began to speak to them they fell because the serpent began to speak words that sound pleasant to their ears and not only did they fall to the serpent but they also fell to something else where they walk up to and take from from the unforbidden fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil so they rebelled, yes, and they fell, yes, but they listened to a serpent and they took from a tree. And I don't understand that because God gave them everything that was in Eden, but yet everything that was Eden, some of that stuff caused them to fall. Uh, just think about that. Put that in your brain for a second. And because they fell, what was the end result? The end, res- the end result was, well, what was it? Anyone remember? Death. Death. A little bit more detailed. What happened to Adam and Eve? They were separated. Someone said kicked out. If you continue to study the beginning of Genesis, the end result was they were exited out. They were kicked out of their what? What's the word I'm looking for? Yes, domain. They were given a domain that they were to be responsible for. They fell within their domain and God exited them out of their domain. I want you to get this word because I truly believe it is probably one of the most powerful messages that I have preached in this church. I really believe that. I really do. And they exited out of their domain. Out of their Garden of Eden. This domain that was given to them. And here is what my whole message is built on, on this next phrase that I'm about to give you. They were exited and kicked out of their Eden, out of their domain, all because that in which they were called to have dominion over, instead, they allowed it to have dominion over them. That's my message today. They were to have dominion over that serpent They would have dominion over the tree of knowledge of good and evil. But they got to a place in their life where they allowed that in which they were called to have dominion over, to have dominion over them. And the end result from switching the role of mankind was you couldn't handle the domain I gave you. So because you couldn't handle the dominion, I need to exit you out and release you from the blessing of this garden that I had prepared for you. Everyone get me? So they were stripped from their domain. Notice this. Notice, what did Adam and Eve do when they were stripped from their domain? It's not a theological question. It's very simple. The only thing they could do when they got kicked out of their domain, the garden of Eden, was what? Huh? Say it a little bit louder. They're to work, but what they do? Did they stay there? They left. They better leave. They had no other choice. Can, can, I, can I reveal something to you? Why did Adam and Eve leave when they were stripped from their domain? Notice that. The answer to that question is this, as I study the scripture. They had No authority before God to stay there. You and I don't have authority. You and I have domain. Are you guys with me? But I'm going to switch in a little bit. Because the only authority that you will and you do have is not from you. Come on. Come on. Come on. But it's the authority that comes from what? From the Lord. I'm going to give you a verse that's going to back that up in a second. So they're stripped, and notice they have no authority before God. They never say this, ready? They don't tell God, well, well, God, we have authority here, and because we have authority, we wish to stay, so thank you. Uh, we're not going to take your option. We choose here to stay. They didn't do that because man has no authority before the one true God who has what Scripture teaches as full authority. Amen? Amen? So, what did God do? Because He's all authoritative. What does God do? Well, we read it in Genesis 3. I'm going to read it to you. Genesis 3, if you're taking notes, verse 24. You want to know what what God does? I'm going to read it for you. It's awesome. So, He drives them out. It says, He drives them out. He drives them out. Not only does He drive them out, but He makes sure that they never enter again into their domain. (laughs) You know what He does? He places a cherubim angel, an angel. A cherubim is an angel, a very powerful angel. And the cherubim stands at the east of the Garden of Eden. Now get in here. And then, like if that's not enough, he puts a flaming sword, whatever in the heck that looks like. And the flaming sword turns every which way. (laughs) It's like a spinning sword. Come on, try to get next to this thing. You're going to get cut. It's like a propeller. And the flaming sword, look what it's doing. It's turned every way, and what is it guarding? The way to the tree of life. Church, when we unpack this today, I want you to know this today. All we have is dominion. Domain that is given through the authority of God. Amen? Amen. When you think and when I think, when man thinks they have authority, which he doesn't, God reminds us of the scripture. That authority is of God and it's given only by God. Here is my proof to you. I'm gonna read to you Romans chapter 13, verse 1. And Paul unpacks this beautiful with his words. And Paul says in Romans 13 1 how many of you have ever heard of this scripture before? Is it on the screen? Watch this. Everyone must what? Submit to governing authorities. For all, author- for all authority comes from God. From God. That's why God, listen, that's why God could lift up kings and presidents and God could what? Bring down kings and presidents like this. Because they have no authority Any authority that they have is of Him. That's why God could rise up nations in in, in a year and destroy them in a day. Why? Because God could what? He has all authority. He has all rule to do that. Watch this. So all authority comes from God. And those in the positions of authority, come on, can you say that part with me? Good. Have been placed there by God. So when we study the scripture, man really doesn't have authority, only the authority which God has already given him. And and then when you think you have authority, you recognize it's not really my authority, it's the authority of God. That's why I love when people come over here and say, he's the one in authority. I'm like, I'm really not the one in authority. The one with authority in this place is actually who? God. The reason why nations go wrong is because they're built on God, but then they what? They forget to give God back that authority that is His, and they think they have a greater authority. So what do they do? Well, we have authority now as a country, so what we we'll do? We'll take the Ten Commandments out of the courthouses. We'll take prayer out of school. And they begin to take Christ out of everything that this country once stood for. And that is where man goes wrong. When they think they have authority, which they do not have, all authority belongs to God. And so if the United States ever had any kind of authority, the only authority that they did have was that which was given to them by God for His purpose. How many of you can say amen to that? It's biblical. So if you study the history of man now, and now I'm going to really get into the message, we have always fallen to this error. We've allowed things, listen now, we've allowed things... That we are to have dominion over, to have dominion over us. This is why I think this is probably one of the most powerful messages I've ever preached in this building. I really do think. I want you to think about it. Has your authoritative king, has he given you a domain? Has he given you dominion to be faithful in? Yes or no? I want you to think about that. You could write that in your notes. What is the domain that God has given you? Can you think about that for a moment? For Adam and Eve, it was what? The garden of what? For Adam, it was also not only the garden of Eden, but who? But Eve. Eve was his domain. The Garden of Eden was his domain. Wait, it doesn't end there. For Adam and Eve, what else was their domain? Every what? What does the Bible say? Every creeping thing that was on this earth. Whether it's a bird, whether it's an animal from the land, everything that was over the earth was under their what? It all belonged to them, it was their domain. So I want you to write some things down. Has God given you a domain? A domain. A domain to be faithful in. Let's go back to that verse as I read it over. Think about it. God created, I'm going to put you in the picture. God created you in his own image, in the image of God. He created you, whether male or female today. So that covers everyone that's here. So if you're here today, God created you. Three times he says it. And then verse 26, well, why would God create someone like me? Have you ever looked at your mirror and said that? Why has God created someone like me? And it's easy. The answer is to have dominion. To have dominion over what, God? Well, easy. It's in the Bible. You are called regal. You are called new life. You are called individual, collectively, on your own there. Sorry, on your own, separately. And collectively, as a church, we also have dominion. But let's, 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 let's hold off to that for a second. And that is to have dominion over, and he says it, the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all of the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So I ask again, church, You've been given a dominion. What is your domain? You're responsible over that dominion. You're responsible over these things that Christ has called you to rule over. Listen. So now I'm going to get real personal. How do we rule? How do you rule your family? Your domain. How do you rule? How do you rule your marriage? How do you rule your ministry? How do you rule your cubicle at work? It's your domain. The kids are having a good time. <laughs> leave them, leave them, and that's good. That's what church is about. How do you rule your office? How do you rule your office? For some of you, how do you rule your delivery car? How do you rule your classroom? How do you rule your career? I'm, I'm being very honest. How do you rule your career? Listen, how do you rule your friendships? Seriously. Next one. I don't know, I'll keep going. How do you rule your life in general? How do you rule it? How do you rule your body? Your body, your domain, how do you rule it? These, what I mean is these temples, the Bible says. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19, the scripture says that our bodies are the temple of the what? Yeah, how do you rule your body? Do we understand the message? Because I'll go back from the beginning. I'll explain it all over again. I promise. And then after I ask those questions, man wonders these. Man has these questions to so ask God, and and man wanders this. Ready? After what I just said, why is my why? Why is my family falling apart? Oh well. How did you rule over it and I didn't do too good that's why it's falling apart you were responsible for your family you didn't do a good job with your domain so the Lord has to what he's gonna exit you out you made a mistake doesn't mean God's grace is still not there but maybe he takes the domain away from you and then people is like what's going on with my family why is my family falling apart why am I divorcing my spouse Well, let's go back and think about that. People ask, Where did my ministry go? Why is my career not taking off? You've been there? You've asked that? My career's not taking off. I don't know what to do. Why have all my friends deserted me? Well, maybe it's not really your friends, maybe it's you. Why is my life always f- w- feeling like it's in shambles? Well, let's answer those questions. And the Lord answers it for us. And the way he answers is simple. He goes back to Genesis. And guess what he says? The same thing he tells Adam and Eve. And the Lord answers those questions by saying, I created you. I created you in my image and in my likeness. I created you to rule and to have dominion over all those things that you have mentioned. Remember the things I just mentioned? Family, wife, husband, ministry, career, friends, my life. And then he says, I created you in my image and my likeness to rule, to have dominion over all those things which you've mentioned. And then he says this, but when you allow those things that you are called to have dominion over, to have dominion over you, then I release you from the domain that you were to faithfully serve and glorify me in. How many of you can say amen? So you mean to tell me that my family is to glorify God? Yeah. My career was to glorify God? Yeah. My ministry? Whoa, that one's easy. Yeah. Even my little Delivery car? Yeah. Yeah. I want to look at the life of a man who, who was once king of Judah. His name is Asa. It's spelled, if you're taking notes, A-S-A, Asa. Asa Asa's an interesting king in Judah. He reigned for 40 plus years. And Asa took over the kingdom of Judah once his father, once his father had died. Abijah was his father's name, just in case you wanted to know. And when Asa became the king of Judah, listen to this, he wasn't like his father or fathers before him. What I mean by that is he wasn't like the kings before him. He wasn't like the kings of Judah. I I want to read a passage, actually. Let's go to 1 Kings. In 1 Kings chapter 15, it shows us a little bit of the life and of the heart of, um, of Mr. King Asa. If you're in 1 Kings 15, uh, verse 11, just shout an amen and then I'll start reading. Uh, 1 Kings 15, 11. The instructions were: If you're there, scream out of there! <laughs> All right, here we go. Man, it's gonna be a good day. Ah, right, here we go. So, if- <laughs> in First Kings fifteen eleven, look what Asa look what it says. It says Asa did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. I like that already, right? Like his father David did, which was great, 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 great. You could go down the list of grandfather. Verse twelve. And he banished the perverted persons, that, that's real good, from the land. And he removed all the idols that his fathers had made. I love that he banished the perverted person, persons. Because if you actually look that up in the Hebrew, the perverted persons, that actually talks about people that were practicing prostitution and sodomy as religious rituals before God. So he kicked them all out. Get out of my land, which was good. And he banishes them away. He removes them from his what? He removes them from his what? From his kingdom, from his domain that God gave him. And as he removes them from his domain, I love what, he continue, what it continues to say. You know, he, it says in verse 11 that he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. And he removes everything. He banishes everything from this land. And he removes, he, he, he takes away from his domain any idols that any of his fathers and grandfathers have ever built. I I just love that. Asa here in this passage, Asa was given a responsibility and his responsibility as king was very important. And what was he going to do with this responsibility that was given to him, this domain that was given to him? Well, guess what it was? He had a choice. Would Would he serve other gods like his fathers and his grandfathers did? Or would he serve the one true God? Would he set places of worship for these other false gods? Or would he only worship the one true living God? And what he does is amazing. He chooses to do what verse 11 tells us. He chooses to do, church, what? What is right in the eyes of the Lord. And what was right in the eyes of the Lord? Say with me. Remove all ungodliness from my domain. Man, this is the most powerful, I'm telling you, it's the most powerful message I've ever preached. I'm going to say it like five more times. Move, Move ungodliness. Take it away. Banish it. Kick it out. Kick it out of your domain. Kick it out of what God has given you responsibility over. So he chooses to do what's right. And it's funny because if you study the kings of the Old Testament, if you study the children of Israel, they always seem to find something to worship. Yes or no? Always. I mean, think about it. They always worship these other gods, these always worship these other animals. Weird, for example, one time God was speaking to them in a way that God had never spoken to anyone on planet earth before. And guess what they do behind God's back? They make a golden cow to worship. Why are you worshiping this cow made out of gold, out of your earrings and out of your jewelry when if you look up to the mountain there is smoke and there is fire and it's trembling because the one true God is up there and you're down here in the valley worshiping a God like a cow that you have created in your mind. Did you see that? God's creation built a creation and began to worship creation. And what you saw was creation, worshiping creation. And that was never meant to be in the Bible. Creation never worships creation. Creation always is called to worship creator church. And that's where they went wrong, the children of it. I'm not going to worship a stupid golden cow. I don't care how many carrots of gold it is. I'm going to worship the one true God. Well, why are you going to worship God? Why don't you worship something else? Because my God, our God, is the what? The one true God, the creator of all things. And as it. I was made in his likeness, I was made in his image, and he has given me a domain to be faithful to. I can't bow down to any other false gods. My domain, which I am responsible to, is all and only to give glory to the one and true living God. Get that stupid golden cow out of my face. That's important. Because in our lives, it's not a cow. It's a check. It's a spouse. It's a child. It's a social life. It is all these different things that man has created and we're worshiping creation instead of pushing those things to the side and worshiping creator. And we need to see that in this passage. They always turned. And this is where everything has always gone wrong. They're never to worship that in which God gave them dominion over. Church, I cannot stress this enough to you. Listen to what I'm about to tell you. You can never and you should never worship these things in which God has called you to have dominion over. They're under your rule. Amen? It's under your rule. And they allow these animals to have dominion like a cow. And by doing that, they make that animal a god in their life. And you know that God says that you shall have no other gods before me for I am a jealous God. God is not pleased by creation allowing domain to have domain over them. We are called to be different. How many of you could say amen? Amen. And that never pleases God, never. Never pleases God. Amen. And this is why the scripture says, in First Timothy 6:10, "The love of money is the root of all evil." Have you ever read that scripture? "The root of all evil." So when I read First Timothy 6:10, "Money is not bad. This is a great example. Money is actually a good thing. And all God's people say, it is. It's a good thing. Money is not bad. But when you allow money to have dominion over you, church, instead of you over it, money becomes bad. Have you ever met someone that didn't make a lot of money? Humble, loving, caring, didn't start making a lot of money? And maybe it got to their head? What happened there? That in which they were called to, come on, That in which they were called to have dominion over, they've allowed it to have what? Dominion over them. And God says, you messed that all up. Did I tell you that this is probably the most powerful message that I've ever preached in this church? This goes with anything in life. God has called you to rule. He's called you to have dominion. And the moment that you allow anything other than God in this world to rule over you, listen, to have control over you, you have failed in the purpose and in the call in which you were created for. That's good. I mean, if you could write that down, that would be awesome. The moment that you allow anything other than God in this world to rule over you. Did you hear what I just said? Anything other than what? To rule over you. To have control over you. You have failed. You have failed. In the purpose and in the call in which you were created for. Amen. Can I go back to the scripture? God created you in what? In his own image. In the image of God, he created you. Whether male, whether female, he created you. For what? To have dominion over the earth. Are you guys with me? So if we, like King Asa, listen, can remove what needs to be removed, and put ourselves back in the place in which God has created us for, which is to glorify Him as we have dominion over all things, then there is no telling the things that we might see and experience in which the Lord has prepared for those who love Him. I truly believe that. But only if like King Asa we remove what needs to be removed and we place ourselves back in where we need to be in which we were created for and that is to glorify Him and to have dominion and there will be no telling what God will show us and allow us to experience the good that He has prepared for those who love Him. I'm going to read some scripture with you because it's church and that's the best way to go if you're in church. In 2 Chronicles, if you could turn there, chapter 14. Let's just read together, if you don't mind. Let's just read. We're going to read a lot right now, so just bear with me. 2 Chronicles, chapter 14, verse 1. Are we there? Watch this. So Abijah rested with his fathers, and they buried him in the city of David. And Asa, his son, reigned in his place. In the days the land it was quiet in, in his place, and in his days the land was quiet for ten years. Watch this. Verse 2, for, for chapter 14, 2 Chronicles. Asa did what was good and right in the eyes of the Lord his God. What is it repeating? The same things that what repeated? Same things that first Kings repeated. And look what it says next in verse 3. For he removed all the altars of the foreign gods and all the high places. And he broke down the sacred pillars, and he cut down the wooden images. He commanded Judah to what? It's good, right? (laughs) He's like, all my domain, all of my domain. Because I've been given domain over you, watch this. That needs to go, that needs to go, and this needs to go, and all of you come over here. And what does he say? All of you, ready? Seek the Lord now. (laughs) He's taking charge. He's like, for me and my household, we shall serve the Lord. He's like, my domain, we're going to do things right because because I've seen it in ministry. I've seen it in businesses. I've seen it in families where where people have been given such a responsibility, where people have been given such a ministry, they do things wrong, and in a second, God reveals things in the light, removes them, and he has to put someone else in that place, someone else in that position to tell everyone else in that domain, hey, I'm in charge now. I'm going to show you what God wants. His heart is to seek him, and that's what he does. That's what he does. He says, all of Judah, you seek the Lord God, and you observe the law and the commandments. And he also removed the high places and the incense altars from the cities of Judah, and the kingdom was quiet under him. Kind of like, remember Solomon? The kingdom was quiet under him. And he built fortified cities in Judah, for the land had rest. I love all this stuff. He had no war in those years because the Lord had given him, and what does he say again? What is it emphasizing? He's giving them rest. He's giving them rest. How many of you just want rest in your life? And God's like, I have rest. Did I mention to you? I have rest. He says it twice. So therefore, he said to Judah. Judah's not a man. Judah is a nation. It's his domain. Amen? He's he's king over. Let us build the cities, and let's make walls around them, and towers, and gates, and bars. And and this is a different kind of bar. It's not our kind of bars here at South Beach and our neighborhood. Let's make some bars. My kind of king. No. it's not what he's talking about. Go watch the game at. No. It's security bars. Goes with the gates. Okay, bars. While the land is before us. And look what he says next. Because we have sought the Lord our God. And what does he say again? We have sought him and he has given us. Why does God give? Because he has all what? what's the word I'm looking for he has authority Asa is like because I have given no it's the one who has authority Asa knows he doesn't have authority he just has what domain and he's given us rest on every side so they built and I love this next part as they built they what They didn't get in debt as they built because we all know that building brings debt because building brings bring your credit cards, bring any kind of excess money, let's empty out the savings because we're gonna build now a new church. And him, he's like, I'm gonna build a new country, I'm gonna build new walls, new bars, and watch this. As they began to build, God continued to what? Prosper them and supply them. Man, this is good. Let me tell you something. I don't wanna get off. Okay. And they prospered and Asa had an army of 300,000 in Judah who carried shields and spears from Benjamin. 280,000 men carried shields and drew bows and all these were mighty men of valor. Now is where I want to close off my message in the next chunk of passages. Here it is. So then Zerah the Ethiopian came out against them with an army of how many is this now? Of one million. That's a big army in this time and he is way over, way over Asa's army. I mean, he could swallow Asa whole with the size of his army. But watch what happens. He comes out with a million men and 300 chariots. And he came to Maresha. Verse 10, so Asa went out against him. And they set troops in battle array in the valley of those names. And in verse 11, and Asa cried out to the Lord his God, and I love this guys, if you could just live by this passage, look what He does. And he said, "Lord, man, this is so good. It is nothing for you to help. whether with many or with those who have no power. Look what he says: "Help us, O Lord, our God, for we, for we. We don't worry. We don't doubt. We're not even complaining. Lord, they're bigger than us. So, Lord, help us. Watch what he says next. For we rest on you. You're the one with authority, not me. Do you think Asa had authority right here? He's like, a million troops? I don't have authority over that. I'm a goner if I don't recognize the one who has authority over the domain that he's given. God, help. It's that easy sometimes in life. It really is that easy when you know your role. And most importantly, when you know God's role. It's good stuff, huh, brother? It's good stuff. I don't think he liked it. He was saying no. And then he says this. For we rest on you, and in your name we go against the multitude, O Lord. For you are God, and he says, do not let man prevail against you. Notice this. Are those people really fighting against God? Is God really at a war right now? Yes or no? He's not. But what did Asa say? He says, read the end of that verse. Do not not let man prevail against what? Why do you think Asa would say that to this authoritative king, our God? Because he recognizes that the domain that has been given to him, that he removed ungodly things in, and he placed God back in its position, and now he is in that domain to glorify God, he recognized one key thing, that this domain... It never belongs to what? It always belongs to who? God's the one that gave it to me. He's the authority that gave me my domain. So like I know that. Like I know that I know that this church doesn't rest on me. Because I've seen churches. They come and go and the church is still existing. You've ever met people that think that the whole church is balanced on them and if they leave the church, that's it, everything's gonna crumble. It's not. Because this is God's church. God's church has been trying to be persecuted for years. It's never left. Have you ever met someone that they feel like they get fired from a job, that the whole job is going to go bankrupt? And it's not because the job keeps going. And this is what he's recognizing here as king over Judah. He's like, this is your people. This is your land. You've given me this dominion. And look what he does next. This is the next passage, verse 12. So the Lord struck. I love that. Who struck? The Lord struck. And he struck the Ethiopians before Asa and Judah, and the Ethiopians fled. And Asa and the people who were with him began to pursue them. And the Ethiopians, I love this part, were overthrown, and they could not recover, for they were broken before the Lord and his army. I even highlighted it, of how important it was. And they carried away, who carried away? Asa and Judah carried away very much spoil. That's so important there. They carried away plunder, they carried away goods, booty, okay? They carried away stuff that, hey, let's take back home all the stuff that we have now. And then they defeated all the cities for the fe- man i could just start preaching about the fear of the lord again for the fear of the lord came upon them and they plundered all the cities for there was exceedingly much spoil more booty more stuff to receive and they also attacked the livestock enclosures and they carried off sheep and camels in abundance and they returned to Jerusalem i'm going to end i'm going to ask the worship team to come up in second chronicles chapter 14 it's so powerful listen to what happens here And don't get lost. We're going to literally end the message. I need all your attention up here. Here's King Asa. And they begin to build fortified cities. Fortified cities is symbolic for strength. Amen? It makes them stronger, Judah. In 2 Chronicles 14, it actually says that there was no war. Did you guys pay attention? There was no war because the Lord had given them what? Good, you guys are paying attention. The Lord had given them rest and not only did the Lord give them rest but he says and they had rest on what? you guys remember what I read? on every side so there was not an enemy to the north an enemy to the south to the east or to the west that was a threat to them because when the Lord gives rest nothing can give or be a threat to you amen? and then it says here that they had rest because they did something with their lives what did they do? They sought Him. Do you guys remember that? And because they sought Him, they rested on every side. And then, like if that's not enough, they didn't stop there. Second Chronicles 14 says that they began to build. And as they began to build, they what? They prospered. Do you know what that's symbolic for? They worked and were fruitful. All their work, they saw fruition in all their work. And as they were building and prospering, the same chapter tells us that they rested on the Lord. And they rested in the Lord when the enemy rose up against them. You know what I love about this passage? It shows us that Asa and Judah rested on the Lord when they were nothing. He actually says it. Lord, it is nothing for you to help whether many or with those who have no power. He was in the sight of no power over the million man march. And he said, Lord, help, we're nothing. And I love that because I think that's our heart. And when they recognized that there were nothing, they rested on the Lord and I love what the Lord does because he is faithful and true. What does he do by answering them and what does he give them? He gives them victory. How many of you can say amen? Not only does he give them victory, but in their victory, he makes them even what? Stronger. And unlike his fathers, unlike the kings before Asa, the beginning of the passage that I read said his heart was right before the Lord. And he got, because, listen, Because his heart was right before the Lord. And I need you to really get this. He got to enjoy and he got to benefit from the Lord's provision and from the Lord's blessing. Because his heart was right before God. Church, the Lord has created you in his image. The Lord has created you in His likeness. To have dominion over all things. So I end with some questions. Do you need to remove... Do you need to remove things in your life? Let's substitute that word for a moment. Do you need to remove things from your dominion? And do you need to place... New things in its proper place, in its dominion. Have you seen unfruitfulness, if that's even a word, I think it is, unfruitfulness. Have you seen unfruitfulness in the domain that God has given you? Have you? God, I'm in this domain, but I haven't seen anything lately. Have you seen that? Have you been there? And I guess my last question to you is this. Still mourning. This morning, this morning, do you have to come before the Lord? And do you do you have to make your heart right? The Bible says that King Asa, his heart, his heart, his heart, was right before the Lord, and because of that, everything else was right. He handled his dominion properly when he handles his dominion properly the authority of the Lord prospers him more than he could ever imagine do you remember what I said about 10 minutes ago do you remember I'll repeat it if we like King Asa If we can remove what needs to be removed and put ourselves back in the place in which God has created us for, which is to glorify Him as we have dominion over all things, then there is no telling in the things in which we might see and experience In which the Lord has prepared for those. For those who love him. For those who fear him. How many of you. Have to grab your domain. And take away some perverted things. Some polluted things. Some of your water has been spoiled. I opened my fridge yesterday. We bought like four things of milk. Jackson drinks milk. Like a horse drinks water man. So we bought three. And then I had an extra one, one that was half, I'll be be all positive, half full. So I said, let me see if this is still good, and I opened it. I just, I didn't taste it, I'm smarter than that. And I just took a whiff. And when I took a whiff, my face was this. Put the top back in it. I didn't even empty the eyes. I didn't even want that thing to go into my pipes. And I just threw it in the garbage can outside. I make sure that it was outside of my domain. I don't want nothing to do with spoiled milk. So I grabbed, I grabbed, out of paper bag, new milk. And I put it back in my cold fridge. See, the old had to go because it was spoiled and it was rotten and it was nasty. I can't enjoy the benefits from the old spoiled milk. You know what happens? With people whose domain gets polluted and they drink from old spoiled milk they become sick and they become polluted they become perverted they become sinful and sick and God's like you were never to drink from that milk Asa you were never to build those altars can you get them out Regal open your fridge smell that milk get it out of your domain and I put a new one you know what I did last night asked my wife you guys probably think like, wow, that was a good way to finish it. Because, and, I, and I don't have this in my notes. It just came to me. My wife is my witness. We were sitting down on the couch late last night. And I got a little hungry in my stomach. Uh, obviously. What else am I going to get hungry at? And I said, I'm hungry. but I'm not going to eat at 12 o'clock at night. So you know what I did? I got me a glass because I think it's better in glass. And I got my brand new replaced in my domain cold milk. I poured some on my glass I sat down in my couch and I began to drink and man was it so refreshing to drink within my domain something that has been replaced to bring joy to bring blessing to fill what needed to be filled I should have labeled the message a glass of cold milk and I went to sleep and I slept the whole night with a stomach full of milk and maybe some of your milk has been spoiled you have poured it out lately and there's chunks coming out don't drink from that that's nasty the Lord is telling you simple remove it it's not that hard remove it I give you authority he says to remove it take it out put what's right back in its place and watch how happy you're going to get when you put that glass back on your lips I want that for my domain like do you want to continue to bicker with that person you live with do you want to continue to hate your bosses do you want to continue to let money govern you rather than you govern money how about we say that's it what's the saying the book stops here from now on I'm going to fix my domain that God's given me I'm not going to be like Adam and Eve I'm going to rest on him because I'm nothing and all authority is yours I don't have any authority let my domain prosper as I faithfully glorify you in it how many of you could say amen i ask you to stand with me